Pete Rose said some things about David Bell that we can all agree with. Mike Miner took a major step forward in his third start of the season for the Cincinnati Reds, and Brandon Drury continues to be the biggest surprise for the Reds in the 2022 baseball season. Oh, yeah, and don't forget, Jonathan India, he's back. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have been lifelong Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you as we're in our fourth season podcasting. This is our first season together, but we've been podcasting about the Reds for into our fourth season. And we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms on today's episode Jonathan India is back Mike Miner pitched well Brandon Drury hit another home run and looking like an all-star but we have got to get rolling first out of the gate with the comments of one Peter Edward Rose because for once he actually said something that we can all agree with it something about David Bell a guy who has seen to have been in the crosshairs of a lot of different Reds fans recently. Well, this is very timely. You know, as as we talked about on yesterday's episode, Jeff, I spent the weekend being a David Bell defender because everybody was calling for his head after his use of Alexis Diaz on Saturday, pitching him in the sixth inning. And I, all of these comments really came from there. They came from that place of everybody calling for David Bell's head. And I love you know, not very often does Pete give an interview where I'm sitting through the whole interview going, Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. For sure. You know, he, he talked about what, what makes a good manager. He talked about how Sparky Anderson couldn't win with this team. Basically, that's what he said. He didn't use those exact words, but that's basically what he said. I mean, it, it boils down to this. This was the takeaway from the Pete Rose interview. You have to have the players. What makes a good manager? good players yeah and i loved how he like accentuated each point by hitting the table it's period plain and simple i mean when you hand any manager a good team they're gonna look good which is why the angels moved on from joe madden they handed him a good team and they hadn't been very good they had a crazy losing streak and they got rid of him and then they're kind of right in the ship a little bit here but when you look at what david bell has been handed he got a 1970 five falling apart three wheels on the freaking car and they said all right go from cincinnati to california in this thing like i don't see what people expect from david bell to make just absolute gold out of garbage because uh, let's say it's not complete garbage it's not as if they completely punted but they gave them a lot of unproven dudes there's a lot of young guys in this bullpen that are figuring out the major leagues and are figuring out how to stick in the major leagues and then you've got the front office and you've got the ownership that's still trying to convince us that they're going to make the playoffs and everybody knows that that's not going to happen that they started a little bit of a rebuild here i i just think that the expectations from front office and ownership that have been placed onto the fans are unrealistic and fans need to realize that's not what this is. 
That's exactly right, Jeff. I mean, you said something in there just now that I want to expand upon just a little bit. David Bell has been at times building a lineup consisting of guys that have no <laughs> business being in the major leagues. I mean, yeah. what was that? Who was that Yahoo in the Toronto series that couldn't field a, third, a ground ball at third base? And I'm not I've talking about forgotten. Mike. Must- I'm forgotten. not talking about Mike Mustakis, but who was that guy? The other guy, the other guy that couldn't field a I ball am. at third base. I Might mean, as well had- been me or you. <laughs> right. It might as well have been because we would have played it just as well. I mean, there's been players at times on this roster because of the injuries that were like, who, what, yeah. huh? And this guy and, and this guy starting games in the major leagues for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, it's it's not a it's not a situation where I, I mean, I don't care if if David Bell was an undefeated manager in three seasons leading up to this point. There is nothing that he can do to make this team a winner. And when you question his bullpen use specifically, you you have to to look at it through that mindset to the fact that there's pitchers in this bullpen at times this season that should not be there. You know, Solomon should not have been there, and yet he's on the roster and you got to use him. So it, it's that type of situation, and I think you're absolutely right. People need to keep that in mind when they're making evaluations about how David Bell is pulling the strings for this team. And I think that there's an unfair sort of uh, chart, unfair scoring system for managers, if you will. It feels like when they make a good decision, people are like, all right, that's pretty solid. But when they make a bad decision, people are like, whoa, holy crap, how did you do that? It's like, you know, everything bad is like two points and everything good is like a half a point. It's just completely unfair. And, and this is any manager. If you go to any team, it's not just the Reds. If you go to any baseball team, that's how everyone acts. It's, it's oh, he made a terrible decision. Fire him. He makes a good decision. Yeah, well, that's because the players were good. That's exactly it. it. Usually a good decision is associated with a good player performance, which is associated with a win. And when those things happen, it's, wow, the team played great today. The players executed. They did their jobs. They did this. They did that. They were effective, so on and so forth. But then they lose, and all of a sudden, well, God, David Bell put Diaz in the sixth. If he had saved him for the ninth, my God, we would have won. David Bell is terrible. Fire him. No, that's not okay. (laughs) Right. It's it's just an unfair tipping. And, you know, in in that light, we got to give him some points because dude pulled all the right strings yesterday. Or should I say, I I feel like saying it because I tweeted this, and I'm like, you know, he pulled all the right strings. He made all the right decisions. But... I'm starting to feel like the Reds bullpen is more like a slot machine and David Bell's just pulling that handle and hoping that the combination works and that a win comes out. And it happened to come out last night because he was throwing Revar San Martin in a one run ball game. And and I like the performance that Revar San Martin put forth. And really it was actually a little bit of cat and mouse that was brilliant too, because he brought Tony Santion out to start the eighth, which meant that the Diamondbacks were like, okay, we'll flip a righty for a lefty. And then David Ball is like, ha, gotcha. All right. I'll put in San Martin. He gets to face three lefties in a row. Heck yeah, let's do it. And it worked out to a beautiful degree. I I, I want to see more from Revar San Martin, but I, uh, you got to applaud David Bell on that one because between that and then the steel call to send Matt Reynolds, there in the sixth inning that turned into a run off of a Mike Mustakas bloop single. Cool. That, that, that's all. That's all David Bell. 
you listen, you have hit the nail on the head. If David Bell hasn't, uh, well, never mind. We'll get him banned from baseball for life. I won't say that. <laughs> Don't send David Bell to Vegas. But listen, this is what I'm saying. You are absolutely correct in comparing this to, to gambling because not only did he do what you just said with Santian and San Martin, he sends Hunter freaking Strickland out to pitch the ninth <laughs> inning. Are you kidding me? That is, that is, listen, that is balls of steel for David Bell. You can't tell me that there was not some clinching going on in that dugout <laughs> as Hunter Strickland is jogging in from the damn bullpen. It, it's I'm telling you, it, it was it was a total roll of the dice and it was a tremendous result. Hunter Strickland comes out, pitches a clean ninth inning, strikes out a guy, no walks, gets the save, gets his second save of the season for the Reds. You know, before that, using Art Warren basically as the setup guy in that scenario. Uh, again, a gamble that paid off. And I, I, I think you're, you're right. Uh, Warren comes in, gets the one out to get through the end of the eighth inning. And uh, everything David Bell did yesterday managed to turn into gold. It managed to pay big. He must have been reading betonline.net. And that was a stressful one out that Art Warren did. It was the number nine hitter, and he went to a full count with him. Like I, I was like, are you going to walk the number nine hitter and turn over the lineup and just throw everything off? Thankfully, that didn't happen. No, I, I, I just have to wonder, and I'll ask you this. Um, <clears throat> how many times does he make a call to the bullpen and then pull out his contract and like double check and make sure that he really is the manager for the next two years? I think the first thing he has to do is ask somebody, does this guy still pitch for us? Is this guy still down there in that bullpen? But, but yeah, your, your point is taken. That is exactly what probably happens. He has to like how he probably asks himself on the daily. How did I get myself in this situation? You know, Jeff, I think the big takeaway is that David Bell has to pay the bullpen slots every night because he was handed a very, very, very difficult bullpen to manage. You know, last night saw a great pitching performance from a player we have been clamoring to send to that bullpen, Jeff. And Brandon Drury has continued to put on a show that should make him uh, an all-star, the all-star representative for the Cincinnati Reds at the uh, all-star game this year. Uh, if you want all-star help finding the next part for your car, you can head over to Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning uh, from, you know, the sales guy behind the counter? What kind of car? What uh, package do you have? Uh, what features did you add, et cetera, so on? Why go through all that and wait while the person behind the counter then goes and looks to see if they have the parts or searching the computer endlessly? Uh, Choosing the only brand that they happen to have in the warehouse at the time. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, and it will help make your life so simple. You're going to save time, and you're going to save money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from the chain store or the car dealership when you can save with rockauto.com? Uh, one example that we can give you, uh, Jeff's a Honda guy, you know, an Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from the chain store. It's only $216 on Rock Auto. Real savings, real money staying in your pocket. Uh, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you can need. They have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and they even have new carpet for your car if you're uh, looking to uh, overhaul the interior. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Uh, when you're 
checking out there, make sure you write locked on in there. How did you hear about a section so that they know that Jeff and I sent you from locked on reds rockauto.com save time save money and get the parts you need to keep your ride running smooth rockauto.com thank you for making locked on reds your first listen starting june 16th locked on nba brings you the ultimate nba mock draft Raphael Barlow from Locked On NBA Big Board is joined by every Locked On NBA host and some NBA insiders as well from Odyssey to deliver picks and analysis. Locked On does mock drafts better than anyone else in the business. And the ultimate NBA mock draft is the perfect example. Make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Listen, I hope you had a chance to check out my Lefty in the Bullpen segment with Doug Gray that's up there right now. If you haven't, if you're watching on YouTube right now, click subscribe after this episode. Give it a view. If you haven't, if you're in the audio feeds, head over to YouTube. Subscribe to the Locked On YouTube channel. You're not going to want to miss that. And I got a big surprise for you coming out later today. I sat down with filmmaker Cam Miller, who is currently working on a project called Riverfront Remembered. If you're a Reds fan that came up in the 80s, in the 90s, in the 70s, uh, you spent a lot of time at Riverfront Stadium. And this is a, a movie that Cam is putting together uh, to feature that ballpark and we have an exclusive he sat down uh for a lefty in the bullpen segment and he brought the first three minutes of the movie we've got the prologue it is an exclusive world premiere right here on the locked on reds youtube channel get over there click subscribe you are not going to want to miss that uh, coming up tomorrow, we will continue to uh, break down the Arizona Diamondback series. We'll talk about uh, Tyler Malley's pitching performance and see how this team is doing uh, after two games of a three-game set. Jeff, uh, Mike Miner must have listened to us talk smack about him yesterday because as is the way, every time we do that, that particular player goes out and has themselves a game. Mike Miner is no exception. Uh, he went seven and a third and uh, really... He really only gave up that one that one bad home run as far as earned runs go. And, you know, I was down on him. I still want him to move to the bullpen when Nick Lodolo comes back. But he he did the thing that I said he hadn't done, which is go out and build upon his performances and deliver a, a start that makes me think he can be effective from time to time. I totally agree, Steve. I, I was interested in the start because it just felt like I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for this to fall apart. But yeah, you're right. Maybe we should just be critical of everybody. Like we probably wouldn't sound like Reds fans at that point, but it, it, we should just start calling out everybody like, Hey, what, what, what are you doing? Get, you know, do better. Come on. Because Mike Miner did better. He was looking very good last night. And there were some of his pitches, I think that were fooling hitters because like they themselves weren't that great. Like Chris Welsh was saying on the TV broadcast, like, well, he just struck out a dude on an 88 mile a mile an hour changeup that was belt high. I'm pretty sure that hitter has never seen that pitch before because you shouldn't be throwing that pitch. But hey, it worked out in that instance. And and I think that he should have only been tagged with two runs because it was a play, and I believe it's in the fourth inning. It was in the third or the fourth inning where it was an infield hit, little dribbler that Matt or that uh, Matt Reynolds had to range over, and he gloved it instead of barehanding it. And then on the whole uh, you know, exchange from glove to throwing hand, he kind of fumbled it a little bit. And the guy that hit that was the speedy Alec Thomas, who legged out an infield single. And because of the player, the Diamondbacks official scorer gave him a single. 
that was an error. Like Matt Reynolds should have had him out dead to rights easy. And because of that, the Diamondbacks then went on to score two runs. In fact, that was back-to-back plays where the play before that, Mike Moustakas made a nice little diving stop on the left field foul line, but couldn't get the throw. Couldn't even get the ball to throw to first base. Can I tell you how shocked I was that Moose even got to that ball? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it was a bad play by him, but I'm saying like, gosh, this Reds defense, like I tweeted out last night. I'm like, all right, you got to pick one Reds bullpen, Reds defense, or coffee that was brewed three days ago. And let me tell you what coffee that was brewed three days ago, ran away with that pole. Absolutely destroyed (laughs) it because nobody wants anything to do with this bullpen or this defense. Like it's absolutely horrid, but Mike Miner himself pitched really well last night no he did and you know like i said i i have been you know as as recently as yesterday saying get him out of that, that rotation but uh i think yesterday's performance at least lets me take a step back and pause and say okay i'm ready to see one more turn through the rotation for him now he has to do the things that we continue to talk about here on this show jeff which is be consistent and continue to improve if he can do those two things if he can be consistent in what he does and if he can continue to build upon each start then i can live with him being in this rotation and if he continues to get better then we can revisit our six-man rotation conversation once nicoladolo returns uh here in the next three to four weeks sounds like from Lodolo's rehab timeline. hundred percent. And one of the other reasons that we were clamoring for him to go to the bullpen is that the reds don't have a lefty in the bullpen, but now with Rivar San Martin, they might have something. There might be something there. something else that happened last night. And honestly, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the season that the reds won a game because of Mike Miner and Brandon Drury. Well, I had to figure that they were playing a bad team. Diamondbacks don't look that great, but Brandon Drury was a huge reason, probably the biggest reason that the Reds won last night, other than Mike Miner, because he had a beautiful three-run shot. And and Brandon Drury's night at Chase Field was really the essence of baseball and why baseball is such a different sport from any other thing in this world. It's because if you looked at his box score, he had one hit. He had two strikeouts, I think maybe even three strikeouts. He grounded into a double play. So the majority of his night sucked, but that one swing was a three run home run that tied the game for the Reds. And there in lies baseball, because that was probably the most important game or important hit of the night for the Reds. Listen, we talked about David Bell uh, hitting the jackpot with the bullpen slot machine and to uh, the same type of analogy, the Cincinnati Reds, you know, won the lottery when they went out and signed Brandon Drury. Uh, if, if, you know, we, we talked about this when they signed him, uh, we didn't expect very much from him at all. And he leads the team in home. He leads the team in home runs, Jeff. <laughs> I want Brandon Drury to continue to go out every day, mash home runs, build up his trade value, go to the all-star game as a Cincinnati Red, and then wave bye-bye to him as they flip him for a couple great prospects. That is my plan for Brandon Drury this season. I want him to continue to be super successful, and I want the Reds to flip him for something shiny and you know highly rated. Because here's the big thing with that, is that he is filling in for a lot of different things. Jonathan India having been hurt, we'll talk about his return here in a few minutes. So he's been playing a lot of second base. Now he's probably going to move over to third, as we'll look at Charlie Goldsmith's depth chart that he shared on Twitter, which is really good because now you create a nice righty-lefty platoon. It's amazing. I I didn't know the Reds could do that. I mean, I thought they had to trade their right-handed third baseman. But they get a right-handed and left-handed platoon with Brandon Drury. 
And I think that's going to be nice. But when you look at the future of this team, Brandon Drury is not in the plans for the future of this team because you've got a lot of great guys that are coming up that you're going to need to probably put at third base because one of them's going to play shortstop, one of them's going to play third base, one of them's going to play in the outfield, and then you got a lot of other dudes that are fitting in that Brandon Drury just doesn't fit in as part of the starting rotation or the starting lineup of this team. Maybe he could be a bench guy, but how much are you going to pay for a bench guy? Like he he deserves he's putting together a nice resume for his next team. This whole thing feels very Dan Straley-ish. Uh, yeah. he's, he, he's dropped into Cincinnati. He's having a phenomenal year. Let's make something of that. Let's go get the next. Now, they're not going to get a Luis Castillo-type prospect back for Brandon Drury, but they can get somebody that's an impact player. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Dan Straley became Luis Castillo because of that one great run in Cincinnati, and Brandon Drury can become a useful prospect in return because of his one great run in Cincinnati. But I don't expect that the brand injury we've got right now is the brand injury that will be around for the next three or four seasons uh, anywhere in major league baseball. So flip him while his value is high. Let's do that thing that the reds never do and maximize, uh, you know, buy low and sell high for a change and, <laughs> and, and help build this baseball club. Yeah, I think the key thing here, though, is that starting pitching, when you're talking about a Reds win, starting pitching needs to give the Reds at least six or more innings, and the lineup has to score at least five runs for the Reds to think about a win. Jonathan India is back, which means some pieces are moving on the Reds' chessboard. Chessboard? Checkerboard? Depends on what depth chart. Depth (laughs) chart, yeah. I put chessboard, but I think that might be giving them too much credit. Um, We'll talk about (laughs) what those pieces are and where they're going coming up here next. But whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at Blue Nile. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond's shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. And if you're looking, Jeff, yeah, I know. I can't. Jewelers. Jewelers. Stupid word. And if you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, like if you actually said the word jewelers correct, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. Have jewelry experts on hand, does BlueNile.com. Available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On listeners get $50 off the purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code locked on. That's code L O C K E D O N. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S. Offenbaker with two F's. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow locked on threads uh, with no F's. Yeah. I can't even count today. Um, <laughs> gosh, you can't talk. You can't on. count. It's Why are we even all, keeping you around? Jesus. It's got me all messed up. I skipped a word and then I sounded like Yoda trying to just, Oh, whatever. Um, 
Let's talk about something good, Steve. Let's talk about Jonathan India coming back, baby. We Absolutely. have got. I am so excited. Oh, the Red Sparrow returns. So happy to see it. It was interesting because we thought, oh, I bet Max Schrock comes off the IL in this series and we get to see Schrock going around. And then rumors were swirling before yesterday's game that Jonathan India would be back today. And then Aristides Aquino went on the IL and they activated him yesterday. Now, I think it was only an emergency capacity because the dude didn't even step foot on the field to play, but he warmed up. He was wearing his jersey, looked good. I think we'll see him in the lineup today. And that is exciting. First of all, let me say how grateful I am to David Bell for not putting Jonathan India in that ball game at any point yesterday. Here's why. Yes, Jonathan India went through his pregame warmups. Yes, he did all of his stretching. This good dude is coming off a hamstring injury that would not heal. I do not want him into a game after he sat on the bench for seven innings and be expected to perform and pop that hammy again. They need to, to be very careful with him. They need to bring him along slowly. Uh, he's probably going to be in the starting lineup today uh, because it's a West Coast game. We haven't seen that yet, but I believe he will start today. And, and that's fine because he'll go through his stretches. He'll go through his routine. Uh, and it's an extended routine, by the way, to make sure that that hamstring is nice and loose. And then he'll play. He'll be in the game. He'll be he'll be batting. He'll be doing all the things you do when you're in the lineup, and it'll keep that hamstring loose. Uh, I do not want them using him off the bench in any way, shape, or form for a very long time because they cannot risk re-injuring that hamstring. Because if he pops it again, uh, we probably won't see him for the rest of the year. So let's let's baby Jonathan India and bring him along. Nice and slow. I also want to give credit to you for your best GIF selection of the season in <laughs> announcing the return of Jonathan India. Uh, for those that didn't see it on Jeff's Twitter feed, and please follow him on Twitter at Jeff with three Fs, three. Uh, it was the it was the GIF from Pirates of the Caribbean with uh, Johnny Depp's character, Captain Jack Sparrow, just arriving at the dock as the boat completely sank underwater. And that is a very, a very apropos uh, representation of the Cincinnati Reds as well. So shout out to you, Jeff. Yeah, he's he's really arriving at, well a time during the season, but I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad that he's healthy because we talk about hamstrings and I get just awful flashbacks to Ken Griffey Jr. Mm -hmm. I really don't want to see Jonathan India get rushed through some hammy problems and then we just constantly see it every other year crop up and keep him off the field. There were some moves uh, corresponding. We talked about Aristides Aquino. He went on the IL. That was not surprising based on if you listen to yesterday's podcast because Steve said that. Looks like he's probably not going to be playing for a while. The only people to have not understood that apparently were the Reds because he was in the starting lineup up until the point that they announced, oh yeah, by the way, he's on the IL. So with that, though, there were some other moves because we uh, talked about Mike Moustakas and his RBI single. Uh, he was on the IL until yesterday. They had to activate him and send down Aleo Lopez because why? I mean, this dude can't get a break. I, I mean, I get it that they're playing the options game and... <laughs> That's gonna be the out of him by the also. He's gonna be so. I, <laughs> my understanding, so it's a new new rules are in effect uh, for Major League Baseball this year. And if I have it correct, now that we're into June, you have five trips, yeah, that you can make between AAA and the major leagues, or between the minors and the majors, in the course of a season. And I believe that the the count kicked in when we reached May. Okay. based on the late start COVID rules. So 
my understanding is that kicked in in May. If that's the case, he's already been up and down. That's, I think, is the third time. So they only have two more times they can do this, and then he's going to be stuck somewhere. And that is a tremendous waste because Aleo Lopez does nothing but, you know, play decent defense at multiple positions, switch hit, and get on base. And I know that these are things that apparently the front office doesn't believe in, you know, defense and getting on base, but Aleo Lopez is a guy that can do it, and he should be on the big league roster, even if it's just in a utility capacity. I don't understand what we are seeing that everyone else is not seeing or what we're not seeing. Like, okay, I get it. I understand he doesn't have that much power, but I don't think you need everybody on your lineup to have a lot of power. He gets on base. He puts the ball in play where the fielders aren't, and he's able to cause havoc once he's on the base paths because he's fast and he plays fielding well. Uh, I think we talked about that earlier. The Reds aren't very good at that. So why are they shunning this? Why are they sending them now? I don't understand. Plus, this is also going to mean, and um, we saw the Colin Moran got sent down. That's neither here nor there. I think he is a replacement level player. But it's also going to mean diminished role for Matt Reynolds. Obviously, because now you're talking about making a platoon at third base with Brandon Drury and Mike Moustakis. Jonathan India is coming back. He should play every day at second base, except for the, you know, day that he needs off. And I don't necessarily know. I feel like I might have seen Matt Reynolds playing like left field, like one or two games. But I don't think that that's really going to be an option for him, especially when Max Schrock comes back. So we're kind of looking at a more diminished role for him. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring up Max Schrock, and I want to know where is Max Schrock? We were told that he was going to be ready in the St. Louis series, and we're now into the second game of the Arizona series. So I hope that before that game actually gets to first pitch today that we see an announcement that Max Schrock is returned. But the next move is going to be interesting because I thought the move for Max Schrock was going to be Aristides Aquino. They already made that move. So the question is, when Schrock pops up in the next two to three days, who's the next guy out, Jeff? What do you do? TJ Friedel? Is he go? He gets sent down? I think just based on what we said, I think it's got to be Matt Reynolds. Because if you send down TJ Friedel, then you're officially saying that Max Schrock is going to play a lot more. Now, they are both left-handed bats, so that would match up. But I wonder, because Schrock's glove is nowhere near as good as TJ Friedel's glove out in the outfield. So that, I don't know, that has me feeling some kind of way when you look at it. Let's let's pull this up because this was interesting last night that Charlie Goldsmith uh, tweeted this out. And I uh, got to believe that this is on good authority. This is not just Charlie Goldsmith guessing as to who's going to fit where. You'll notice something very interesting. And I don't think you can, I, I'm circling it with my mouse, but I don't think anybody can see that. So whatever. Uh, Brandon Jury's at third base. And... That interests me quite a bit. Now, these light red uh, guys are healthy. Dark red are on the IL. So you look at that in a platoon of Brandon Drury and Mike Moustakis at third base really interests me because Brandon Drury has been hitting so well. And honestly, I think he can feel just as well at third base as Mike Moustakis because let's be honest, I don't think Mike Moustakis feels very well at third base. No, you know, I sitting here running this through my head as uh, as you were talking, Jeff. Uh, I don't think Matt Reynolds will go anywhere. I think they need to keep him around. I think that they'll play. You know, this team has not been shy about playing the options games, whether it's been to save service time or if it's just just to keep players around in what has been a, a historically unhealthy year. Uh, 
Matt Reynolds does not have options. They would have to, they would, they would lose him. Someone would pluck him if they designated him for assignment. TJ Friedel has an option. They can send him down without worry of losing him. They've been playing Max Schrock in the outfield at triple a Louisville in the, in the, preparation to use him as an outfielder uh you mentioned they're both left-handed bats i think that's the move i think tj friedel goes down max rock comes up becomes the extra outfielder out there matt reynolds becomes your utility infielder since aleo lopez is now gone and everything you said about where india and drury and farmer are going to play holds true yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this team shakes out, though, now with a healthy Jonathan India, because what is most important is that means that the leadoff spot is going to look a lot better because, oh, my gosh, the leadoff spot has been a black hole for the Reds this year. Um, really, that's that's the main stuff, too, because Jonathan India coming back, that's just that's awesome news. And I figured that'd be a good way to end today's episode. So that'll wrap it up. Thanks so much for watching and listening to this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. On the next episode, we'll react to the latest Tyler Malley Alley outing. Tyler Malley, uh, Tyler Malley outing. What is the matter with you today? <laughs> do, uh, do you, do you smell burnt toast? Are you Tyler, okay? Tyler Malley outing. Man. What is going on? <laughs> I don't know. Well, Did I'll you say, have coffee? What is happening? No, I didn't. I do need coffee. Um, <laughs> we'll see if the Reds make any more roster moves, too. Um, <clears throat> we mentioned Max Schrock. Is he coming up? I mean, he should be coming up soon. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make Lockdown MLB your second listen as Sully brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. That's Locked On MLB, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. By the way, Steve was on Locked On MLB with Sully, so go check that out as well. Uh, Steve, we're getting healthy. The return of the Rookie of the Year, the reigning NL Rookie of the Year, has happened, and the leadoff spot is saved. What's that mean for everybody? That means better baseball is coming. The Reds are going to be in a dogfight for 74 wins. And we've got you covered. Locked on Reds every single day. We'll see you tomorrow.